Well, good morning, church. Good morning, church. I literally thought that nobody was in here when I just said good morning. It's amazing. You guys sound incredible. You look great. Happy Sunday morning to you guys. It's a little gloomy outside. Is it gloomy outside? It's a little, little cloudy, but it's, it's sunny up in here. Amen. God's presence is in the room this morning, and I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm just going to get right into it. Is that all right this morning? Uh, we're building the core here at Oasis Church Chicago. We've been going through uh, just step by step some of our core values as a church and what we believe in. And if you don't have one, there is one sitting on your seat, just a card there that you can slip into your Bible or put it somewhere where you can read it over and over again and pray over these things. These are not for us as a church to become famous. You guys are like, we hear you all the time, JP. I'm just letting you know as if you're new here, this is not for our church's name to get known and for that. It's for us to grow as followers of Jesus because these are principles from Scripture that we have pulled out of, that we have written out, that we have taken time to just soak in and, and just say, God, what do you want us to preach and teach as a church? And these are it. These are principles. So we started with Jesus, our hope, his city, our home. This is his home. Or this is his city. This is our home here in Chicago. If you live in the, the area, if you come in, this is his city, and he's going to do great and mighty things. He's going to bring revival to this place. Amen? Amen, church. And then last week, I, I pray, preached a message called Prayer, Our direct, direct Line. It's probably the most important thing that we believe as a church is prayer. I think today, more than ever, the church has lost that. We don't, we don't see the fruit of it, or maybe we don't spend enough time in it, and we say it's not worth it. We'll just hope for Jesus to do something. No, we believe that we will get on our knees, we'll get on our face as followers of Jesus and pray for God to bring about change in this city, to bring about change in people's lives. Amen? Amen. So today, right after prayer, the next step is, the third installment of this is people. People are calling. Amen? And we're going to preach and learn out of Luke 19. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Luke 19. Who, who brings their Bibles to church? Who's the spiritual ones? Praise God. Bring your Bibles to church. These are awesome. But if you don't have your Bibles, no one judging you except me. Um, and so we have a big Bible up on the screen here, Luke 19. I'm going to read this incredible story of Jesus here on earth. Jesus is on earth. He's doing ministry. He's walking through the earth. We believe in Jesus in this church. The stories that we read in the Bible are true. And so Jesus is moving towards the cross. Jesus is on his way to bring salvation to mankind. He's heading to his death. And while he's on his way to that point, he stops along the way for people. Specifically one person, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Was that the, is that the song I learned in Sunday school? I'm a PK, pray for a brother. I'm a PK, and I, sometimes I forget these Sunday school songs that I learned. Jesus. But Zacchaeus, so Jesus is on his way, and Jesus stops for an individual. You know why? What was Jesus' whole mission here on earth? To seek and save the lost. It would have been a different story if Jesus just showed up to the cross. No, he did a lot of things for us to learn and to grow. And so I'm going to read it this morning. Zach, from Luke 19, it says this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Pause right there. Wayman's terms. The bro was not liked by anybody. He was a tax collector. And in that time and in that day and age, you were not popular. Actually, you were hated because those men robbed people. So Zacchaeus was not a follower of Jesus. He wasn't been like, hey, Mr. Popular among the town. That dude was not liked by anybody. 
Okay, just a little context in case you didn't know that. Continuing on. Zacchaeus wanted to see see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Jesus was the first person ever to invite himself over for dinner. Ever. Ever. It's amazing. Jesus is like, hey, come down. I'm coming to eat with you at your house. I'm coming over. I'm coming to stay. Is that cool? Even if it's not cool, I'm Jesus, so I'm going to do it anyways. So he came down at once. That's crucial. He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus is going to hang with sinners. He's going to be a guest at a house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give you half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. These are the words of Jesus, and they are powerful, and they are impactful. And we're going to discover them today. Amen? People are calling. Amen. How many of you in life, maybe you were a college student, or maybe you weren't necessarily a college student, but you were trying to figure out your pathway in life? You were trying, or maybe you are still trying to figure out your call in life. Anybody? Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I... What does my career look like? What, what type of parent am I going to be? Am I going to be a parent? Am I going to get married? Am I going to be a part of this or be a part of that? We all wrestle with that in our lives. I was a, a junior in college, and I was an athlete, and I was able to be a part of that amazing university and school. And it came to the point my junior year, I was a, a, a journalism major with a minor in marketing. I thought I wanted to be a sports writer. That was my passion. That was my desires. That's what I went to school for. I did three years of it. Three years of education within communication. How many of you know that that summer, I had to stay back for summer school? I had to catch up on some classes that I couldn't take while I was doing because of sports. And so I entered into a class that was required for graduation. It was called Philosophy of Human Communication. I was like, amazing. This is awesome. I'm going to learn so much and gain so much wisdom. It was the hardest class at Olivet at the time. True story. Ranked number one for the most, like, ridiculous, hardest information you could ever learn. I walked into that summer school class. For one week, the first week, we had a test every single day. (laughs) Failed every one of them. True story. Failed every test. Failed every test. I called my dad. I said, Pops, I feel like I'm called to journalism. But I'm not passing this class. And if I don't pass this class, I'm not making it on to the next class and graduating. He said, son, you have to stay in the class. I said, dad, I'm not staying in this class. I don't care what has to happen. I'm getting out of this somehow, some way. He said, son, you're about to graduate in one year. What are you thinking? I said, I'm telling you what I'm thinking. I'm going to go take care of this right away. I walked straight to the registrar's office that day. Walked right in. I said, I don't know what you got to do, but I'm not graduating with a journalism degree. Get me out of this class and figure out some way to get me out of here in four years. They looked at me like I was dumb. They were like, do you understand? There's not much time to play games here. This is, this is your senior year. I said, I don't care. Get me out of this class. How many of you know I got out of that class? 
praise God. A little conversation here and there, a little, hey, you guys are amazing. Can you help me out here a little bit? I switched my major right then and there, and I became a business major, and I graduated. Not on time. <laughs> the summer of my senior year, I graduated. How? They still don't get it. They still don't understand. I don't understand how I mastered all those classes within a year and passed and got out of there. Praise God. But I thought that was my call then. Business now. Journalism now. I thought, that's what's going to make me, me. I thought, if I just get enough education, I go into this world of business or communications or whatever the world is, not necessarily a bad thing, but that's my call. And then I read something like this in Luke. And I quickly realized, as I began to work, that you know what? We all have the same call. Yeah, we have different avenues and different ways that we work and we're part of. It's all different. You guys all look at each other. You probably do different things. But we have the same call. You know what that call is? People. People. Oh, we all have the same call. It's to love God and to serve people. It's scripture. It's what Jesus commanded us to do. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the greatest commandment. So if Jesus says this is the greatest commandment, then I look at that and go, okay, I want to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, spirit. I want to be in tune with Jesus day after day. But guess what? The second part we don't really like. You mean to tell me i got to love my neighbor? Do you know who my neighbor is, JP? My neighbor's not that kind. My neighbor's not that great. My neighbor never loves me back. Guess what? It's a call and commission from heaven. It is our call as a church to go out and to love and serve people. Amen? What if we came to the resolve today that this church, the Roach just scream, amen. Shot me down, Roach. Keep doing it, bro. You're the only one. Amen. Hallelujah. What if we came to the resolve today as a church that we walk out of these walls, that we leave this building, and we know that we all have the same call in life, and it is to reach the lost. It is to reach people. This church is useless if we're not doing that. Can I just be honest with you? Can I, I mean, it's great that you come in here and you grow and you're like, give me a great message, JP. I need something to hold on to. I need, I need worship because it encourages me. That's all good stuff. But if you don't walk out of here and you don't go change the world that's outside of here, you don't go love your neighbor, you don't go take care of that coworker that you don't really like or that family member that drives you crazy, you're missing the point of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You all have an avenue. You all have a calling on your life. But the call together is people. Well, JP, I'm, I'm not a people person. I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. People and me, we just, we don't get along. <laughs> I hear it a lot. Oh, I was that person. <laughs> I would go to church, to my parents' church back home, and I would see people that I knew were going to talk to me for a long time. And I would do one of these, hey, God bless you. And I would make out, just try to get out the door as fast as I could. I was never about people. I was about myself. I was about my buddies. I was about my circle. And then as God started to work on my heart, as God is working on your heart, there's going to become a point, and I pray today it's the point where you have a deep revelation that you, as a follower of Jesus, can't say that statement. I'm not about people. I'm not a people person. You could be introverted. That's okay. You can't change that necessarily. And maybe you're too much extroverted, that people don't want to be around you. But we can come to the resolve 
in our hearts. And seeing the example of Jesus and believing that if Jesus' spirit is in us, then we have the call to go do this. And that call is to no longer say, I'm not a people person anymore. But to say, I am all about people. I'm all about people. Because the thing is, once you have the realization that Jesus died for you, and he loves you, and he cares for you so much that he went to that cross for you, that that news needs to be told to everybody. When people say, why isn't the church growing? Where's Jesus? Jesus is still the same. Jesus hasn't changed. Don't put that on Jesus. Don't put that on him. Please don't. Don't ever say in this church, why isn't this church growing? That's not Jesus. That's us. We forget that we've been saved, we've been restored, we've been made whole, and there's a whole bunch of people out there that need the same message. They need Jesus. And we go day in and day out, time and time again, and we walk through life, and we just forget about people. We just do our thing. Anybody ever been caught just doing your thing and forgetting that these people are valuable? These people need what we have. These people need to be loved. You know, it's interesting that as we look at that scripture that Zacchaeus wasn't liked. He was hated. People hated the dude. And he was little. (laughs) That's not always the best combination. No one can really see you, and when they do see you, they don't like you. That's not cool, bro. But Zacchaeus, man, it's something that's so true. We're going to hit a couple points, and we're going to pray and get out of here. But you know what's interesting about that? In another translation, it says that, that Zacchaeus couldn't get to Jesus because the crowds were in the way. These people knew Jesus because they state Jesus went to be with a sinner. So they thought, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a Jewish person, so I am a part of Jesus' heritage. They just were very much religious, let's call it like it is. And guess what happened? Zacchaeus, a sinner, the cast out, the one that nobody wanted, starts approaching Jesus, and he can't get to Jesus. You know why? Because people were in the way. Oh, talk about convicting. We get in the way a lot of people. Thank you. Oh, that's a hard amen to say to it. I don't get in the way of people. Uh Uh-uh. No, I, I always show them Jesus. Do you? Do I? I get in the way of people all the time. You know why? Because I want my agenda. I got my schedule. I got my timetable. I got what I have to do. I got to go here. I got to go to this. I got to do that. And I forget about people. And I avoid the opportunity for people to come to know Jesus because I'm concerned about myself. Get outside yourself. Summarize this whole story. Summarize the whole sermon. Get up outside of yourself. And start to be about people. Start to care for people. Start to, start to be passionate about people saying, you know what, I don't care if I'm sitting next to the person in an Uber that I didn't really want to do the pool, but it was a lot cheaper, so I had to do it. So I'm now here right now, and it's really unfortunate that I'm here in the pool right now, and they're talking on the phone super loud. The Uber driver's blasting his music. I just woke up. I don't want to be here, but God. <laughs> Anybody else ever had that experience? But God, you have me in this Uber for a reason. Hey, how are you? How's life? Hey, you, you good? You look a little stressed this morning. Hey, where are you from? What's going on? Can, can, I, can I just talk to you for a minute? God will give us those opportunities, but we miss them all the time. Because then we get, man, they're just so loud. I didn't have my coffee this morning. I'm just really messy. You know, I just don't want to be in this Uber. 
We do it all the time. Put yourself in a position where you do that all the time. You show up to work. You just walk straight to your desk. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to be seen by anybody. You just want to go to work and you just want to do your thing. You don't want to deal with the person there, there, there. We do it all the time. And as followers of Jesus, that's something we cannot do. We are here to seek and save the lost by Jesus' power. Zacchaeus couldn't get to Jesus because the crowds were in the way. It wasn't because he was short and small and hated. No, it's because people stood in the way between him and Jesus. Stop standing in the way of people to come to know Jesus. Start getting out of the way and start bringing people closer to Jesus. It's our call. It's this church's call. When people say, what do you want to be about? There's a lot of things I want to be about. I want to be about Jesus. I want to be about his glory being here on earth. I want to see the city change. And I want people upon people upon people to come to know Jesus. Oh, you just want to build a big church, a mega church. Is that what you want to do, JP? Yes! Yes, I do. You know why? Because every single soul that walks into that church, I pray to God that they're saved. And that they're saved for eternity and they come to know Jesus. A couple things today couple things that I just take away from this. Is this encouraging? First is this. Jesus seeks people out of his way. It says in verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now if you just read that, you're like, what does that mean? That doesn't make sense. See, Jesus was on his way to the cross. The pathway that Jesus took, let me just draw for you, could have been from here straight to where he was going. Jesus did one of these. He did almost like a half circle. And it wasn't like a short half circle. This is a, this is a couple days half circle that he walked. They didn't have cars back then. They didn't have public transportation. They had donkeys and feet. Jesus walked out of his way. And you read that. If you just read over it, you're like, well, okay, he just showed up. He was passing through. Big deal. You want to know why I believe he was passing through? Zacchaeus. He said, hey, there's this guy, Zacchaeus, and there's a lot of people in that town that I need to go preach the gospel to and show them my love and glory. But there's this one that I will go out of my way for, that I will go and make my schedule get a little bit disrupted, get my sleep pattern a little disrupted, get my time with me or with my family or with my spouse, not all bad things, but I'll just get it a little disrupted so that I can go follow the one that I need to go get after. Jesus shows us that he didn't just make a straight line and just avoid the people. He went out of his way to get to this person. You know, there was a time where Rachel and I went to San Francisco and we were there, and we were with the team, a football team, and I was the chaplain at the time and doing some recruiting. And we went out there, and she was like, let's go see the Golden Gate Bridge. And I was like, amazing. I've never seen it, been a part of it. So we drove. How far did we drive? Like almost an hour and a half, two hours to go see it because we were in San Jose, actually, staying. And so we drove. We drove up, and we get to the bridge. And we get there, and it is so cloudy and so foggy that we cannot, I'm not, as God is my witness, we stood at the one side of the bridge, and I could not see even the outline of the bridge. I was like, Lord, Help me to have patience in this moment. I was like, we drove all this way <laughs> to see nothing. Awesome. Great. Babe, I love you. It was all for you. I'll do it again over and over and over and over again. Because that's how much I love her. So uh, we get in the car. And now we're kind of frustrated. <laughs> you all been there. Don't act like you haven't. If you're married, you've been there. You wanted to do one thing. It doesn't happen. Now you're frustrated. I'm frustrated. So I'm trying to get out of the parking lot that we just got, just pulled into not too long ago. Couldn't see the bridge. And we pull in, and she's like, hey, babe, you want me to get the GPS? No, I can handle it. That's what I said to her. I got it. I'm the man. <laughs> we take the wrong turn out of the parking lot. So now I come to the realization that we are turning and going onto the bridge. 
We're now driving across the bridge instead of going the opposite direction. And now I'm even more mad. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm wrong. This is terrible. I should have listened to my wife from the beginning. We went out of our way. And guess what happened? We went straight through the half of the bridge. And I'm telling you, as God is my witness, we have a picture of it. As God is my witness, the clouds just broke halfway through. And it was sunny and 80 degrees on the other side of those clouds. And we saw the bridge, and I was like, I am the man. This was intended. I planned this. Hallelujah. Glory be to God, babe. Just, just stick with me. I'll take you places just like this. We drove to the other side. We got out of the car. We were, like, prancing through the crowd, like, we're here. We can see the bridge. We took pictures of it all. It was beautiful. How many have been there? It's an amazing scene. But how many of you know that we, we went out of our way to see something beautiful? Jesus went out of his way to see something beautiful. And that beauty was meeting a sinner face-to-face named Zacchaeus and seeing salvation come to his home. There's nothing more beautiful than that. I think sometimes as a church, we want miracles and signs and wonders. And I want those. I want people to be healed. I want people to be restored. I want all that. But you know the greatest miracle? Is when that one person that doesn't know Jesus surrenders their life before Jesus and says, enough of this world, enough of the things, I've tried it all, it's not working. I want Jesus. Jesus goes out of his way. He seeks people out of his way all the time. You know that he has sought you out of his way to get to your heart. He has moved mountains to get to you. He has moved uh, just the, the, the ideas of who Jesus is to get to you. He has moved you out of relationships to get to you. He will go out of his way. He will disrupt your schedule to get to you. But he's called us to get out of our way, to go maybe just a little bit longer, to go the long route home, to see something beautiful. See something beautiful. The next thing is this, that I just, I see this in as Jesus seeks the outcast. The outcast. Jesus calls out Zacchaeus. He calls him out. But he's labeled as a notorious sinner. He's labeled as a criminal. Zacchaeus wasn't put together. He wasn't cleaned up. He didn't have it all together. I read that and I, and I immediately become convicted. You know why? There's oftentimes in the city, just like Chicago, we have a very strong homeless population. This isn't just about homeless people. This is about everybody. But you know what? There's times that I, I walk out of a grocery store. I walk and I'm walking to a place and there's a homeless guy sitting there and I just do one of these. Can I be honest with you? Well, JP, you're a pastor. You're a man of God. You should stop. You should pray. You should give something. Yeah, I should actually. Thank you for the reminder, church. It's the truth. I should stop. I should lend a hand. I should maybe just say, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I can give you anything, but can I pray for you? Can I love on you? Can I? You're, you're an outcast. You're the people that everybody in the streets do one of these. Oh, I don't do that. Yes, we do. Maybe I do. Like I said always, maybe you need to pray for your pastor. But Jesus gives us the greatest example. He says, no, I'm not just going to overlook people. I'm not going to look the people that have been outcasted by the church because they've failed in some area. Maybe, they've, maybe they have a downfall in some area. And the church has looked at a lot of people and said, just go, get out, get out. We can't handle your messiness. Jesus came to the cross to handle messiness. Jesus raised from the dead so that he could handle our, our problems. He can handle your problems. Better yet, we as people, we as followers of Jesus can be around you while you're walking through problems. We can be about the outcasts. We can be a church that's messy. We can be a church that's filled with people that walk in here Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and they don't have it together. That's the church that we want to build. If you think, well, you got to have the dress code, you got to look good, you got to have skinny jeans on, you got to have these nice boots on. No! 
We're not about that. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come with your problems. Come with your mess. Come to a community of people that say, hey, you know what? I'm going to wrap my arms around you just like Jesus did to Zacchaeus, just like Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. I'm going to put my arms around you. I'm going to be about you. We're going to do this together. We're going to fight together. We're going to be about this together. You can say amen, church. You're real quiet today. You know why? Because we don't preach this enough as a church. We say, come in, put your time in, punch your clock on a Sunday, and walk out. Have a good day. God bless you. Hope you tithe. Oh, you do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's churches out there. Nothing against them. I pray that they have a revival. I pray that they're shaken. But they say, just come in. Receive our great worship. Receive our great words, messages. Very creative, awesome, great stuff. Make sure you give to the offering plate and just go out and do your thing. We're not going to be about that life here. We're not going to be about that as a church. And better yet, as a follower of Jesus, you should be convicted by that. You should be floored by that. You should be so like, wow, I don't want to do this. I want to be about the outcasts. I want to be about the people that have been kicked out, that have been left out, that have been destroyed by the things of this world. I want to be about them because I've received grace of Jesus and they need it just as much. They need it more. Because guess what? They could die in a moment and they're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. Oh, you preach hell at this church? Yes, we do. Because it's the reality. It's the reality. So we have an opportunity to look at the outcasts and say, I got the greatest news in the whole world that can heal you, that can restore you, that can join you with me in heaven. Let's go together. Amen. Third thing is this, and the band can come up. Jesus seeks to meet us where we're at. It's interesting that Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. (laughs) Get on down from that tree, and I'm coming to your house for dinner. I'm coming up to your house. I hope the meal's ready. I hope it's nice. I hope it's... No, he doesn't say that. He just says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to come where you're at. I want to come be a part of your world. I said it last week. You know, there's times and opportunities as we pray that we'll get strengthened. And we'll be able to go into situations and places that people need us to be at. Because you know why? We should be carrying God's spirit into those places. And there's times and opportunities where you get a call or you get a, you get a message and you say, hey, man, can I come meet with you? Hey, girl, can I, can I call you? I'm going through some stuff. And we look at our calendar and we look at our things and we say, how about tomorrow? It doesn't make sense today. Uh, you know, got a workout, got a dinner date. It's not bad stuff. I'm not coming down on us on that. But just maybe, just maybe sometimes we can go, this person's broken. I'm going to go meet them where they're at. I'm going to go be a part of their life where they're at. And you know what happens when you do that? Pastor Henry one time came and preached the message. He said, you know, when you give God your time, he multiplies your time. When you give God your energy, he multiplies your energy. When you say to God, you know what, I'm going to go meet people where they're at. I'm going to go fight for people. I may get an hour of sleep. I may get two hours of sleep. I may get no sleep. But you know what, I'm going to go fight for people. Guess what starts to happen? You get energy. You get grace. You get carried through life. You start to go, okay, you know what? I can do this. I can be about people. I can help people. I'm here to be a catalyst of change in the city for people. I'm going to go meet people where they're at. I'm going to go to their homes. I'm going to go meet them at a place that they shouldn't be at. I'm going to go say, hey, come on, there's more for you. There's a lot more for you. This isn't what God has for you. This isn't God's best for you. There's more for you. I want to meet you where you're at, and I want to take you to where God wants you to go. Do we want to be about that, church? Do we want to be about meeting people where they're at? Jesus didn't say, hey, Zacchaeus, you're good. All right, have a good one. No, he said, I want to meet you where you're at. I'm going to come to the tree. I'm going to call you down from the tree, and then I'm going to go to your home, and I'm going to meet you in your home. And I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to do life with you. I'm going to rest with you for a moment. 
I'm going to be here for right now because this is the person that I came to reach. The sinner, the cast out, the one that nobody else wanted. I am here. We as a church need to start meeting people where they're at. And not judging them. You know what's crazy about that story is those people around them. They immediately go from, my God, look at the glory that he just did. He just looked at that sinner, the one that we all hate, and said, I'm coming to your house for dinner. I would have been like, hey, Jesus, can you bring me with? I love you. Can, you, can I come too? Because I want to see what you're about to do. This is amazing. This is amazing. You know what they did? They said, oh, pfft. he's going to a sinner's house for dinner. <laughs> and they backed themselves all the way up, and they missed the moment for a miracle to happen. They got in the way instead of seeing where Jesus was at. The last thing is this. Jesus seeks to give us revelation of his heart for people. Well, what do you mean? You know, it's interesting that the word doesn't say that Jesus walks Zacchaeus through the ten steps of how to become a Christian. (laughs) Zacchaeus saw the glory in Jesus. Better yet, he saw the love of Jesus when Jesus just said, hey, come down, I love you. He didn't say, hey, Zacchaeus, you're a terrible person. No, he said, Zacchaeus, come on down from that tree. I'm coming to your house. I love you. And in that moment, a chain was broken. In that moment, chains were broken. In that moment, things started to fall off Zacchaeus that were part of him. The way that he operated, the way that he worked, the way that he was about doing life, stealing from people, robbing from people, it all changed in a moment. You know why? Jesus' glory came upon him. There's Jesus' glory that should be coming upon you and things should be changing in you so that you can go be about that. But you know what's amazing about Zacchaeus is he gets an instant revelation of Jesus' heart. That's why I picked this message about people. Because it's not just about Jesus being about people. Guess what Zacchaeus does? He says, Jesus, forgive me. I've messed up. So, so Jesus, I know your heart is for people because you came to a city. You went out of your way in a city for me, for me, a little man like me that was so hurting, so broken, so lost, so full of sin. You loved me enough to come to this city for me. Guess what, Jesus? I see your heart. I have a deep revelation of what you're about. I'll go be about your people. So, Jesus, I've robbed a lot of people. I've turned a lot of people. I've caused pain for a lot of people. So guess what, Jesus? I'm going to give four times as much back to those people that I robbed them from. So you don't get that, though. That's not the customary way. The customary way was just to give back and a little bit of uh, beyond. Zacchaeus goes 400 times past it. It says, I've robbed so many people that I'm going to give more back to people. You know why? Because, Jesus, you're about people, so I want to be about people. That's a crazy revelation that Zacchaeus isn't just like, my household is saved. Thank God I'm going to go keep operating the same way. No, he goes, yo, listen, family, we're all saved. We've all received Jesus' love. Praise God for that. But now let's go change this world. Let's go have some reconciliation with some people. Let's go change this town called Jericho because I want to be about change. I want to be about seeing people come to know Jesus. So guess what? My life was one way this way. Jesus stepped in. My life's another way. I'm never going to go back to robbing people. I'm never going to go back to being like, outcast, I don't have time for you. No, I'm going to be about people, about people, about people. And God's Spirit's going to grow me and strengthen me to do it. The ending of this is amazing. I already gave you the end. So message is done. Just kidding. We're going to close here in a minute. Zacchaeus has a revelation of who Jesus is and what he's about. I pray today you have a deep revelation of what Jesus is about, what he's called you to do. Maybe you're wrestling with your call. How about you just wrestle that you need to be about people and about God and the rest of it will fall into place. But Jesus enters into his home and it says something so impactful. A whole household was saved. You know, I read that and it's just like a whole household, great, him and his kids and his family, whoever lived in that house. But you know what it doesn't say? That I believe that what happened, this is just me. 
generation upon generation upon generation, legacy upon legacy upon legacy of people within that family grew in the things of God and were saved and saved and saved. So you want your family, you've been praying for your family members to be saved, love them. Love them. Be about them. Show up to them. Don't just pray from a distance. Be like, I can't be about them. They're too, they're too crazy. My family, you know my aunt and uncle, they're nuts. I can't be about them. No, show up to them and love them. Love on them. Care for them. Love those coworkers. Love those people. And guess what may just happen? A whole household might be saved and a generation upon generation upon generation might be saved if you just are about them. Who wants to be about it? Two people. Praise God. I might retire. I think it's time to retire. It's been good. It's been a good run. Who wants to be about people? And I promise you that he'll do it. He'll do what he's promised us to do. He'll give you the strength to call Zacchaeus out of trees and say, hey, no, no, no. I'm coming to your house and I'm bringing God's spirit with me so that a whole household could be saved. Let me pray for you guys tonight.